and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic involves an alien abduction of three women. But before I get into the podcast, I just quickly want to say thanks. I had a gal call in from Australia and left a short message on the Anchor Podcast. And I, I want to get back to that in depth later about her uh, personal experience that she had with a UFO sighting. But I just think it's so cool that people are able to call in and leave messages and talk about their experiences or talk about the show. And whenever somebody takes the time to do that, I like to at least acknowledge it on the podcast so they know that I heard it. Now, currently, I have uh, an email account set up with the podcast through uh, Microsoft Explorer. And it's just, I have a terrible time using that account for whatever reason. The browser just, it's just difficult. So what I'm going to do is set up another account through a Gmail account, which will be easier to use, and then at some point I'll get that connected uh, on the Anchor Podcast page, and I'll I'll let you guys know what it is here. So if people feel like you know they would like to send me a note about an experience they've had or some comment or suggestion they've got, I can at least look at it, and I'll try to I'll try to get to as many of those as I can. I I mean I'm not making any promises. I don't want someone's feelings to get hurt if. I don't acknowledge they've sent something, but I'll do my best. And and once again, um, like I said, I got a nice I got a nice call from that gal in Australia. Pretty cool when people are able to relay uh, their accounts to other people. Because sometimes I think it's hard for us to talk about what we've seen with family or friends or whatever. Especially in my experience, these UFO encounters can fall into a couple of different groups. I mean, a lot of people just see, they'll see a strange light in the sky, and oh, that's weird. Uh, Those are easy to talk about. Sometimes we see craft, like the triangle craft, like a lot of us have seen, that, you know, that could just as very well be a top-secret military craft of some type. I mean, it it has a physical appearance. It doesn't really change shape or size. I mean, it acts like a mechanical thing. And then you get into the little higher degrees of strangeness, where you see these things, and they show up, and... They uh, they change shapes or sizes, which uh, was kind of like what this gal had brought up. And those are the things that really kind of mess with your head a little bit because we're so conditioned to think of it, thinking everything as being, you know, a 3D mechanical thing, you know, that fits into our, our paradigm of how things work. But sometimes when you see these things, and especially when you get into the more, I guess you would say, up close and personal encounters, they're very weird. I mean, it's almost like they they border on uh, the phenomena of, say, a ghost or something paranormal like that because they don't they don't confine themselves to the laws of physics. As I said, they can change shapes and sizes. It seems a lot of times like they're trying to blend in in some kind of a clumsy manner. And the first time you see something like this, hopefully it'll be the last time you see it, in my experience, but when you do see these sorts of things, and then you start to try to explain to somebody what you saw, I mean, you might sound a little bit crazy, because to someone who's not familiar with the UFO phenomena, who just thinks of UFOs as flying spaceships, if you're explaining to them, oh, I saw this object, and it started out being this shape, and this size, and then it ballooned into this size, and then it was... It turned into something else, and all of a sudden they're thinking maybe you had a little too much to drink. So I think what I'm getting at here is that a podcast like this creates a safe space 
where people can talk about their experiences. Now, I'm sure that, you know, when you're broadcasting to a large enough crowd, you may end up with some people that actually didn't see something, but maybe, you know, whatever. But when people send me something, I have to treat it uh, with respect, and I just try to take it for what they give me and give them the benefit of the doubt. Because that's what I would want. You know, I'm I'm not going to sit here and try to say, well, this person's crazy, or this person... uh, seems more reliable or, or less reliable. All we can do as investigators is just take people at their word, what they say, and hopefully that when they relay the incident, they'll be able to give us a, a general idea of where it occurred at, you know, when it occurred, and what it looked like, just to answer the basic questions. And then we can just, we can just build on our data from there. But anyway, I just kind of wanted to get that out of the way. And and thanks again to the folks that called in and talked about the show and had suggestions or their personal experiences. And thank you to that. I'm sorry I can't remember your name off the top of my head. But uh, thank you to that gal from Australia that left the message a couple days ago. Now this article here, I found it on... I found it on Claremontown. I can't even... Oh, ClaremontSun.com. Okay, and it's by, it says, Mark Hoover, three women abducted by aliens, and the dateline's about a year ago. It has a picture of the fellow here that wrote the article. It says, is it possible to lose time? Imagine leaving your house for a 30-minute drive to work, only to arrive two hours late. Also, keep in mind that it was a round trip, so you didn't make any stops. Although this sounds strange, it once happened to three women. He goes on, he says, in 1976, Mona Stafford and Elaine Thomas climbed into Louise Smith's Chevy Nova to celebrate Mona's 36th birthday. They chose a restaurant in Lancaster, Kentucky for a celebration excluding any alcohol. They finished their meals and returned home to Liberty, Kentucky at 11.15 p.m. So remember, this being 1976 was... A couple of decades before even the primitive cell phones came out. After turning onto Highway 78, the women saw an enormous metallic disc-shaped object in the sky. It had a large dome and crimson lights. They thought it was an airplane on fire, but soon realized it wasn't. They described the object as being larger than two houses. Within minutes, a blue light engulfed the car's interior and seized control of the car. Now, the, the blue light here, this is something that I've seen in a lot of these accounts, and I'll get into it at some future date, but it's a personal experience that I've had, and I can only say that it's odd, because in a normal light, with these, you when you think of a normal spotlight or a normal light, you think of it shines on something, but there are shadows. But the thing that seems to be the commonality with these UFO lights is that it just fills everything. It's like there aren't any shadows. I mean, it's an unearthly light. <clears throat> That's the best way that I can explain it. It's the, it is just a, uh, it has a texture to it, and it has a brightness to it that I cannot explain. It's otherworldly. I'd have to say that. And it says here, within minutes, a blue light engulfed the car's interior and seized control of the car. The car drove itself as it reached speeds up to 85 mile an hour. 
Believe me, I used to own an old Nova, and 85 mile an hour is a pretty good click of one of those old cars. <laughs> Afterwards, they found themselves in a pasture near the highway. Everything had gone silent. <clears throat> the UFO had vanished. The frightened trio headed back home to Liberty. Once the women arrived at Louise Smith's house, they noticed it was 1.20 a.m. They even confirmed the correct time with a neighbor. How was this possible? The trip to the restaurant was 35 miles, which took about 45 minutes. The women realized if it took over two hours to get home from the restaurant, they should have arrived home closer to midnight. So you, see, you can see here they're missing a couple hours. The strange affair left red marks on their necks and a painful burning sensation in their eyes. They also had an unquenchable thirst as they binged on cold water in Louise's trailer. They contacted the police and a local naval recruiting station for help. Now, I'm going to just stop right there. Now, these women, you can say what you want, and a lot of people could say, well, they had an imaginary experience. You have to ask yourself, what's the odds that all three women would have experienced the same thing? Secondly, they had symptoms, whether this is radiation poisoning or whatever, but they had intense thirst, and they had burns. I tell you, they're dehydrated. They'd been burned. Okay, so basically, they'd been physically assaulted, and they took the time to call the police. Now, as a listener, how many of you have taken the time to call the police after a UFO sighting or even an encounter? For most of us, if we see something like this, there's absolutely no need to contact the police. You might contact MUFON. But that tells me something did happen, and it raises their, believ their believability as far as I'm concerned. Now, it says... The strange affair left red marks on their necks and a painful burning sensation in their eyes. They also had an unquenchable thirst as they binged on cold water in Louise's trailer. They contacted the police and a local naval recruiting station for help. The story didn't garner much attention until it reached an, investigation, an investigator named Jerry Black, an investigator with the Mutual UFO Network, MUFON. Originally, the woman refused any interviews, but Black managed to secure one after much persistence from Black. After several more telephone calls, they relented. The women told Black and another investigator named Peggy Schnell the shocking details of their abduction. The women told Black about the abduction and its effects on their bodies. For instance, all three women had lost weight, and Louise said her parakeet became upset when she tried to touch it. Her Nova also had lasting electrical problems, and her alarm clock stopped working after she touched it. Wow. It's almost like these women are carrying some sort of, I don't know if it's radioactivity or their electromagnetic field has been uh, disturbed around them. Obviously, something has been done to them to where their physical condition has been altered. Black and Schnell believed a UFO had abducted Stafford, Thomas, and Smith. Dr. Leo Sprinkle conducted a second interview and used hypnosis to gather more details. Here's what the women claimed. They were taken aboard a spacecraft and examined by aliens. The women claimed they weren't sexually assaulted, but were placed in mortifying positions. <laughs> a Lexington police detective administered the polygraph test. The women all passed. Now, I've, t I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but many, many years ago when I was in college, we uh, did a little experiment in one of my classes with the polygraph test. 
what I observed and what I believed to be true was that these things were a lot easier to rack up a false positive on than a false negative. In other words, you could fail one of these things, even though you were telling the truth, a lot easier than you could beat it. It seemed to me that you would have to be uh, basically a complete a complete sociopath who had no guilt feelings, no excitement from telling a lie, or somebody who had really been trained to beat one, okay? They're hard to beat, okay? You really, they really are hard to beat. You have to actually believe what you're saying, or you have to be, I think, what they told us is that you had to establish some sort of a baseline where your heart rate and this and that was accelerated. Pretty tough to do. So what I'm saying is, when I hear that somebody passes a professionally administered polygraph. I really pay attention to that. It goes on, it says, a Lexington, detective, a Lexington police detective administered the polygraph test that women all passed. You'd think that one of them would fail, wouldn't you? Under hypnosis by Dr. Sprinkle, the women described how the aliens scanned their bodies and attached instruments to their limbs. They described the aliens as shadowy figures with frightening eyes. The aliens didn't speak, but communicated through telepathy. To give the women more credibility, witnesses supported the women. Some witnesses reported seeing a UFO in the area described by the abducted trio. The farmer who owned the land where the abduction occurred believed the women. He saw a flying aircraft shoot a beam of light at the car. <laughs> I have researched several articles about this case, Arthur says, and believe these women are truthful. Their story seems credible. I consider this abduction one of the best supporting stories that aliens exist. I realize that many people will scoff at this story, but I always wonder why it's so difficult for people to believe in aliens. The National Enquirer would pay for exclusive rights to the story, which provided funding for additional research into the story. People have reported seeing aliens for centuries. The universe is vast and extends deep into the universe. Are we so delusional and close-minded that we can only accept humanity as a solo life form in existence? And that was his how he ended the story here. That's true. I, I would just argue that, yes, maybe these aliens did come from another planet or another galaxy. Or, as I often state, maybe they were uh, extra-dimensional from another dimension. It's a fascinating story, though. I really I really enjoyed it. And like I said, you can find this uh, on the Claremont Sun. And I believe that's at ClaremontSun.com. I thought it was a pretty well-written article. They've got all the facts in there. They describe what happened, when it happened, where it happened. And then they give the supporting evidence. And that's what's important in so many of these stories, especially in the abduction stories like this. A lot of times in these abduction stories, it's just one person. But what I thought was really cool about this was you have three uh, individual ladies involved. They've all stuck by their story. They called the police after it happened. So that, I mean, why would you even want to involve the police for unless you really felt like you had been, you know, assaulted in some way? Now, they pointed out they didn't think they'd been sexually assaulted, but it does sound like they had been physically assaulted by the way that they were just roughed up, more or less. I also found it very interesting that they all three passed polygraph tests. Now think about that. The odds of one person beating a polygraph test are pretty slim. But for all three to beat it? And that reminds me of the Travis Walton case. There we had multiple people pass polygraph tests. And then another great component of this story is the fact that you had multiple people on the ground had come forward and said, yes, we saw the UFO, especially the farmer in particular, 
I mean, what's he got to gain by this? And he comes forward and says that he actually saw this UFO shoot this beam of light down on them. And I like the fact that they've included this whole thing about this beam of blue light that came down and just seemed to fill the car. There's more going on here with this light that comes off these things. I, I, I don't understand all of it, but I just sense that there's a lot more to this than a simple beam of light coming out of this UFO. It's as if it's gathering data. The fact that it took over the car the way it did, it's almost if it if it's a life of its own. Maybe it's just an extension of this alien being, whatever it is, this alien force. But I think at some point we're going to find out that the light, that that's the key to these things. Because whether they're traveling in, through light as a form of energy, as a form of mass, I don't know. But I just know there's something about the light. I can't put my finger on it. But there's something there that's important. At any rate, very cool article. Uh, if you take a look at it, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.